everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I am here with my co-host and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. How's it going? You know, it's going well. I had one of those had enough of this shit moments over this weekend, and so I dyed my hair red and shaved one whole side off. Oh, whoops. I'm looking at myself in mirror image. I can never remember. So it's super cute. Thank you. I'm doing well. I that whenever I need to change, the first thing I do is I dye and cut my hair. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've done it so many times mm-hmm. and I feel better. I feel like, oh, new lease on life. Okay. There you now go. I can move forward with some new things I'm trying <laughs> to do. And yeah, so I'm good. It, it's, it's a great symbology, you know, mm-hmm. of doing something in metaphysics. There's a theory that um, if you're having a hard time getting clarity to wash a mirror or wash your windows, you know, to mm-hmm. get clear things up, get some clarity. I think, you know, refreshing something, cutting your hair, dyeing it kind of goes along those same lines. So very good. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah. So yeah. how are you doing? I'm well, too. You know, we've been uh, cooking it up for the Super Bowl because, you mm-hmm. know, Super Bowl. And I that's I mean, kind okay. of it. So my <laughs> it's the commercials and food day for me. Right. <laughs> I know it's, it's the game for me, for sure. But Oh, and, and everything else. But so my oldest who is a college football player. Uh, they test them every Tuesday and he tested positive for COVID this week and he's asymptomatic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he, now he's slammed down in quarantine. So, uh, yeah. So I've been talking to him on the phone a lot cause he's bored as hell. You know? <laughs> I was messaging him yesterday and he said, I just ordered food from DoorDash for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was doing DoorDash last fall. Now he has to order it. Yeah, he's yeah. very bored. Yeah, luckily he's got his puppy to keep him busy, but he's really bored. And But it was a strange thing on their team. They had a handful of kids all test positive, but they're all asymptomatic. Some of them who just had COVID recent, like in the last two months, they pulled them all back in and retested them this morning because they're wondering if something went wrong with their tests because it doesn't make any sense. But we'll yeah. see. He's worked Unless really hard to avoid it. Strain. Maybe so. And honestly, I said, you know, son, if you have to get COVID, being asymptomatic and outside of your season is like the yeah, best of all best, worlds. Like there's nothing yeah. to complain about here, you know. So, but anyway, he's not thrilled and it ruined his Super Bowl plans, of course. But, you know. Dang it. I mean, but yeah, I'm glad at least it's a good yeah. time for him to be down. Well, and at least he's not sick. I mean, my God, you know. Right. So anyway, yeah, that's the most exciting thing in my world, I guess. But other than that, all is well. So today we are, this is our group uh, case. We pick one case a week that we both uh, invest some time and energy into and share it with you guys. And today we are talking about the Indigenous women and girls issues with missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls in Canada. As we have talked about and shared a lot of MMIW cases here from the U.S., you know, many of you have mentioned to us that it is an enormous problem in Canada, which indeed it is. And so we're going to focus on Canada this week. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not from Canada and I've never been there. I wish I had. If we make geographical mistakes, feel free to correct us. That's fine. We are giving it to you the best we we can. We love yeah. kind correction. Sure. <laughs> we're, we're always open to that. But know that we're giving it, we're giving you the best we can. Yeah. And if you have more to add in the comments, please do. We're absolutely here for it. Mm-hmm. So most definitely. We're most specifically talking about 
the highway of tears today, but I'm going to give you guys a little peek into what's going on in Canada with their um, ongoing challenge. So in Canada, there have been approximately 4,000 or more Indigenous murdered or missing women and girls in the last 30 years. That works out to be 133 a year or three a week. Wow. That's what they're up against. There was a national inquiry in 2019, and Justin Trudeau, their prime minister, did declare this to be a genocide. And Mm -hmm. the government promised an action plan by June 2020. They've had a bunch of summits and meetings and taking suggestions into account to figure out what the best action is forward. Unfortunately, that action plan did not show up June 2020. Uh, the government's saying that it's because of COVID and that it is coming. So uh, we're on pins and needles, uh, honestly. I hope it comes soon. Frankly, and I hope, yeah. Because we've yet to see a government take that step. Ours has yeah. not yet here in the U.S. So I'm no. very curious to see when they come out with an action plan, what's it going to be? Yeah. Well, and to identify it as a as a genocide is a huge step. So. It is. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, I hope they, you know, release something that's a good model to the U.S. as well. I do, too, because this is something I'm really going to be watching our new government here in the U.S. to be Mm -hmm. taking very seriously and, you know, getting involved with my legislators and, you know, whatever we need to do, letter writing. You know, there's we have a local group and I would like to talk to them about what they're doing and how we can be of service. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So then what is the Highway of Tears? Well, the Highway of Tears is a stretch of highway, Highway 26, I believe, in Canada. 16. 16 in British Columbia. And this highway has been known now. Here's where it gets very sticky. So the government, the belief is that between... 1969 to now, 18 women have died on this highway or disappeared, you know, come to bad ends. The indigenous community says that number is much closer to 50. Yeah. Because so many of the cases that they have presented have been brushed off by law enforcement, by the Canadian Mounted Royal Police as being suicides, runaways, drunks, overdoses, you know, and that uh, basically they're saying, yeah, we've lost you know, many dozens of women to this area, to this highway, it just hasn't been taken seriously. So, well, and, and like in, like in the U S these cases are being mis um, categorized, right. You know, we're getting lots of suicides and overdoses and yeah, you know, I, yeah. you know, they just wandered out into the brush and died of right. hypothermia, all of mm-hmm. their own volition. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So this is, Yikes. I muted. That was a terrible sneeze. Okay. (laughs) So it is Highway 16. It's about a 450-mile corridor between Prince George and Prince Rupert in Canada. It's A lot of it is pretty rural. And uh, that highway butts up against 26 different Indigenous communities. Or 23, sorry. 23 different Indigenous communities. There is also one of the biggest challenges that they have had on this road is hitchhiking. 
Yes. And a lot of the girls and women that have disappeared were potentially hitchhiking or walking down the highway. And I know a lot of us still go, what? Everybody knows you're not supposed to hitchhike. Okay. Well, that's very easy to say. But you have to understand that in this area, there is a huge lack of resources. This is a very poverty-stricken area. Um, A lot of people can't really afford a car, and yet it's very rural, right? And so to even get to your job or to school or your friend's house or the store, you end up on that highway. And if you don't have a car, you have to find a way to get there. And it's a challenge. It's a huge challenge. And there really isn't much. It looks like there's been one bus that has been running through there, but uh, it's it's just not, it's one bus, you know? Yeah. Other than that, there's really no uh, central transportation or options. And so it's very common and normal, or it has been in the past, to hitchhike on that road. You know, and a lot of times people step out, you know, and they see someone they know and they grab a ride and then they grab a ride back and it's whatever. But it, uh, you know, people obviously started taking advantage of that, you know, and then uh, obviously, uh, you know, hurting women. And again, why is it the numbers of the indigenous women lost on this road are much higher than the white women? Why? Well, because of those resources and lack of. Because it's more Indigenous women that were on the road, that were hitchhiking, that were looking for help, because they are the ones that are disenfranchised, that didn't have cars, that didn't have rides. It's it's just, oh, so much of it is just systemic racism and poverty that has created a perfect storm for these kinds of activities to happen. Right. And and apparently, and this is happening in the U.S. too, it's so easy for law enforcement to just judge someone for their choice rather than Mm -hmm. seeing them as a human being with a family and Mm -hmm. a life and as a victim of this situation as though it's Mm -hmm. actually their fault, which clearly it isn't. This is just so sick. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, if you have to get to your job and your car doesn't start or your ride didn't come through or you miss the bus or there is no ride and you Mm -hmm. have to feed your children and you have to pay your rent, you know, I, it's, you're going to do whatever you can. Yeah. We're seeing people in impossible situations. Yeah. Without a doubt. Now that has slowed down a lot. There are signs on the road, warning girls not to hitchhike. Yeah. Uh, A lot of uh, girls are saying now, like I've never hitchhiked on that road or hitchhiked on that road because I've been warned so many times about other people that disappeared. And, you know, so the word seems to be getting out, but the most recent, um, Incident on that road that law enforcement is aware of is 2018. And so, you know, it started, yes, back in 69, but it's not totally stopped. No. So they have, over the years, they've been working on solving some of these murders and disappearances. And they did finally discover that there was a serial killer from the United States that they Mm -hmm. did eventually decide that he had killed at least one and maybe three women on this highway. Mm-hmm. And he died in prison a long time ago. There's no reckoning, but there was some DNA evidence to suggest that he had killed again, at least one and maybe three women. Uh, mm-hmm. There was another man who they did finally with DNA evidence prove that he had killed one woman. So it's like, there's a few little things, pieces that are coming together, but by and large, they're not. No. Most well, like- of them are unsolved. 
Yeah. So one of the cases that really struck me that absolutely makes me livid is Corrine Thomas. Mm-hmm. So Corrine Thomas was hit while walking down this road. She was hitchhiking yeah. uh, to her home by Richard Redicott. He hit her with his truck, killed yep. her and her baby. She was just days from delivery pregnant. Yep. And they determined that, um, so there were some kids who witnessed it, who said he absolutely swerved at her and hit her on purpose. But they were kids. They took them in and interrogated them for three hours unsupervised. Ugh. No parents, no guardians with them. And by the time they were done with them, they had decided that that Corrine Thomas was playing chicken with Redicop's truck. Oh, for God's sake. She's hugely pregnant, trying mm-hmm. to get home. Yeah, she's out on the highway playing, playing chicken. chicken. For sure. sure. And she was indigenous and the man who killed her was white. Of course. And he never faced any charges for her death, which is what and her baby's death. I mean, it was just it's, it's yeah. absolutely horrendous. Like, seriously, this is what this is. It's laughable if it isn't so maddening that this is what law enforcement is doing. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care if she was playing chicken with a truck. He hit her. Yeah. But there is no way on God's earth that she was playing chicken with a truck. Of course she was. On that highway. Hugely pregnant. Just trying to get a ride home. Can you imagine how miserable walking down a highway Hugely pregnant, swollen feet, yeah. just desperately trying to get a ride to get home. Mm-hmm. It just, it makes me absolutely ill to to read these stories and realize yep. what screwed up racist crap this is. Yeah, for sure. And that this has been going on for so long. Yeah. So according to highwayoftears.org, There Mm -hmm. are a bunch of action plans going into place. One of them is a transit service. Uh, And those are things that have, some have been already implemented and that they're working on implementing to uh, help, you know, to combat this situation. But of the victims that we know, I just want to say their names, you know, And, and I'm very sad for the ones I can't say that I don't know, but Lana Derrick, Nicole Hoare, Tamara Chipman, Shelly Ann Bascu, Monica Jack, Leah Alicia Germain, Gloria Moody, Gail Ways, Delphine Nickel, Alberta Williams, Aaliyah Catherine Sarek Auger, Destiny Ray Tom, Roxana Tierra, Natasha Montgomery, Jill Stuchenko, Cynthia Mass. Bonnie Joseph, Ramona Wilson, Pamela Darlington, Monica Ignis, Michelin Pear, Maureen Mosey, Colleen McMillan, and Immaculate Basil. And those are just the ones we know. Yeah. Now, awareness has grown a lot. And that's a part of the uh, huge part of the battle. And that has grown a lot. The Awareness of being more careful on this road has grown a lot. Mm -hmm. Those are certainly things in our favor. Now, last year, well, actually several years in the making, but an artist named Mike D'Angeli built a totem pole that was 
uh, placed and commemorated uh, in September of 2020. And on the poll, it was, uh, so of course it's to honor the missing indigenous women uh, that, and it's put along outside of Terrace, British Columbia, right on the highway there. Mm-hmm. And this has to do with uh, Gladys Radek. She held a walk along the highway to bring attention to these for like 10 years and did a whole bunch of fundraising. And this was built in her honor. And of course, in the honor of all of the women that have gone missing on this road. So the totem pole is beautiful. Mm-hmm. At the very top of it, there is in a red dress, a mother, a matron. In the center is a maiden in her red dress. And at the bottom is an orca to represent the indigenous uh, people who placed this. I love that. Yeah, from the orca clan territory. And it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It, it does, there does seem to, and there was a lot of ceremony, of course, uh, you know, associated with placing the totem pole and using it, you know, as a symbol of all those who've been lost. So yeah. that's a, a nice thing that's come out of it. There's certainly uh, a lot of awareness that's coming. And, you know, as we said, there is supposed to be a plan coming from the Canadian government to get very serious about this issue. So we're really watching for that. Yeah. So that is the highway of tears. Mm. I'm really happy to hear that they're going to in implement a transit system because as much as they can tell people to stay away from this highway, they still have to be able to get to and from. I mean, if you don't, mm-hmm. you know, get at the real root of the problem, which is, you know, other than the racism, clearly, and yeah. the problems with law enforcement, there is just the very real issue of help people get to and from where they need to go. I mean, what- yeah. Absolutely. Well, and there's been more challenges with it because some of the transit systems in those rural areas that were in place, uh, COVID has been extremely hard on and some of them have closed. And so I I don't know about this particular highway, but I was reading this morning about some other rural areas where they're worried about having a similar highway of tears type incident because the rural transit uh, is disappearing. And that, to mm-hmm. me, seems like a way that the government needs to get involved, you know, right. and make sure that, that these people here, have actually. safe ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where we live, we've seen a ton of that. Yeah. Yeah. And the government is getting involved here in the city where I live. Our city transit system closed. Yeah. And um, the city, you know, it was kind of being run privately, but was supplemented by the city. The city has taken it on now and we're getting a transit system that the city will run. And the, mm-hmm. I don't feel have to run um, as a for-profit kind of situation, but more as a, a, a commodity in the city. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, for sure. What we need along the, the highway of tears is, you know, some things that are owned by the government that stay going, even if they don't make money, because they're not, they're a service. They're not meant to turn around. Right. Yes, for sure. Well, the awareness is there, at least that the seeds have been planted. I think, uh, you know, it's on everyone to not uh, allow those seeds to be uprooted, you know, to continue to keep feet in the fire where it's appropriate to continue talking about these topics. It has to be. So that is our group case for the week. Uh, and we still have an MMIW case coming this week. Uh, but we felt like this is something that when we're talking about this issue, as far as Canada is concerned, this is very telling, you know. It and is. 
I think helps us all understand. I've heard about the Highway of Tears many times and really didn't understand what it was until I did some deep diving. There is a book called The Highway of Tears that was written by a woman whose uh, sister died on that highway. There is a movie that came out a couple, hmm, two years ago, I believe. They have a Facebook page called Highway of Tears. There's nice. a lot, and then there's highwayoftears.org. There's lots of ways to research this if you're interested in learning more. Uh, and I highly recommend that you do. Yeah. Well, and if you're Canadian, get involved, man. Hold your government mm-hmm. responsible. Yep. We're yep. going to do the same here in the U.S. Yep, absolutely. All righty. Well, that's it for this one. So, of course, like, comment, subscribe if you are so called. Uh, and, of course, this is uh, one of three cases that will drop this week. And then, of course, on Wednesday night, we will have live case updates with on our Facebook Live at 7 p.m. Mountain. And on Thursday, the Psychic Hour also at 7 p.m. Mountain. So lots of great stuff this week. So, yeah, be here for it. Thanks so much, guys. You've been listening to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Hi, I'm Christy Brower, podcaster and professional psychic. I have spent the last 14 years honing my skills as a psychic and a healer. I work on the Purple Ocean app. You can find it in any of the app stores. And I am available every day for video and chat readings. I specialize in pattern breaking, uh, particularly in relationships, but really in any area of your life. If you're feeling stuck and like you can't move on or you can't let something go, I am the reader for you. That is exactly what I focus on. It's what I love to do. I love to help stuck people get moving. And I've been doing it for many years and have been very successful at it and can do that for you as well. So if you are having trouble letting go of a relationship or a fear, or a challenge of any kind in your life, come see me at Purple Ocean, and we will do everything we can, me and my guidance system and my intuition and you, because it's always a package deal that we work together, but we will find a way to break that pattern for you. So come see me over at Purple Ocean, and let's break your patterns. Life is complicated. The last year has been so hard on sensitive people. So many uncertainties and so much heavy energy to wade through. People are working on jobs and relationships, energy work, self-development, and health. So why call me? Because my clients are my family. When you invite me onto your team, I will do all that I can to help you shift from a place of surviving to a place of thriving. I can help you shift from uncertainty, stress, fear, lack into a place of joy, peace, clarity, and abundance. Give me a call. Katie Weaver, Professional Psychic Advisor over at OneTwoListen.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.